You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. Our scripture today comes from 2 Samuel, and it occurs during 12th century B.C., which is the beginning of the Iron Age. The Philistines came to Canaan and rose to power. They created a monopoly over the control of smelting iron. They gained control over small nations like Israel. And so at the economic mercy of Philistine, the Hebrews were not able to sharpen their agricultural tools. They couldn't make weapons, swords, or spears. And they had limited the future of Israel. Now, Philistine aggression left Israel weak and led to the monarch in Israel where they had the first kings of Saul, David, and Solomon. And 2 Samuel is where the scripture comes from today. There's not really a division between 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. The original Hebrew manuscripts had them all as one. It was the Greek and Latin texts that divided the two, and they divided it by the death of Saul. So 1 Samuel gives us the story of King Saul, and 2 Samuel the story of King David. Now, 2 Saul and 1 Saul both are part of the Deuteronomic history, and the purpose of the first five chapters of 2 Samuel is to detail the legitimacy of David's rise to the throne as the king of Israel. It shows that he's chosen by God and that he is worthy of the throne. Now, initially, David was just the king over Judah. The rest of Israel followed Saul's son son at the time. And so once his son died, then David became uh, king over all of Israel. So not just Judah. Today's scripture is that point when David is acknowledged as all of Israel's king. Under David, Israel established a miniature empire. It extended from Mesopotamia to Egypt. The Philistine stronghold was broken. There was an economic boom and and political fortune. The Iron Age proved to be a golden age for Israel. Robbie? Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Look, we are your bone and flesh. For some time while Saul was king over us, it was you who led out Israel and brought it in. The Lord said to you, It is you who shall be shepherd over my people Israel. You shall be ruler over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron. And King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Wednesday night I was talking with my son Ben and I was mentioning how we would be leaving on Tuesday for Iowa in order to celebrate Thanksgiving. Iowa is where my husband's family is and it's our uh, destination vacation place. 
And so uh, we were talking and he kind of looked at me like I was crazy because how could it already be Thanksgiving, right? I mean, this has come up really fast on us, but it is. It's already Thanksgiving, which means then that Advent starts shortly after. In fact, next Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent, the four weeks of preparation before the Christ child is born. Advent is a time of waiting We wait because the people of Israel waited. They longed for a Messiah. Now the whole Christmas drama, including the Advent text that we read, mentioned David. Uh, David was the beloved king. And so I thought it might be helpful that we kind of get some background on David before we begin our Advent journey and consider what is so great about David. Now, when we think of David, I imagine there are two stories that come to mind. The first, well, let's see, what would you say? David and Goliath. Thank you, handbells, who were here for service. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, David and Goliath, right? Before David was ever king, when Saul was pretty advanced in age, the Philistines were aggressing on Judah, and Saul took with him three of the sons of Jesse— Jesse was a shepherd, and, uh, and so three of his sons were taken up, up to fight the Philistines. Now, Jesse's youngest son, David, was sent to go back and forth to bring food and to check on Jesse's older sons. Now, when he was there at one time, he talked to the Israelites, and he learned about Goliath. Goliath was the big bad Philistine. And David decided that he was there to fight. And so he told Saul that he was going to fight, and Saul told him that he was too young. But David said that he believed that with God he could conquer Goliath. And so Saul agreed. He dressed him in armor, which was too heavy for David, and so he didn't use it. And he went up to face Goliath with just his shepherd's bag, where he had five stones in it, and he knocked him out with a slingshot. We know that story, right? Now, the other story that I suspect we come up with when we think of David is where David doesn't look as good. He doesn't come off as well, and that's his relationship with Bathsheba. Now, David was king at the time, and he was married to a woman named Michal. And he noticed the woman on the rooftop of his neighbor's house, and that was Bathsheba. And she was beautiful, and he lusted after her. And so he arranged for her husband to be killed in battle. And then he married Bathsheba. If we focus on only those two stories, we miss out on the richness of King David, and we don't see the depth of his reign and the good that he did. Under his rule, Israel prospered. David was the king who delivered Israel from the hands of the Philistines, and he enabled them to become a great nation. He was chosen by God and gave hope to a suffering people. Now, in the prophetic readings that we often read at, at Advent time, we get, that pro- we get the promise that the time of David would be renewed. And so we connect Jesus to David often. 
some of the prophecies. Jeremiah 23, 5. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Or Isaiah 9, 6. Great will be his authority, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. Then we also read about, we, we hear David's name in the Christmas stories as well, the Christmas scriptures. Luke 2, 4, Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Beth, Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and the family of David. Or Luke 2, 11, to you was born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. The prophet Isaiah declares that the Messiah for whom they have longed will be a descendant of David. Isaiah 11.1 says, A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Jesse being the father of David. Now the genealogies found in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke trace Jesus' lineage back to King David. They're not really scriptures that we preach on very much. But here's what Matthew said. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez, and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Aram, and Aram the father of Ammonadab, and Ammonadab the father of Nasham, and Nasham the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of King David. And it goes on and on until, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, who bore Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Luke moves backwards and goes all the way back to Adam. Jesus descends from the house of David and is also a descendant of Abraham and Adam. You may remember David's call. As often happens in the Bible, the one thing that, oh, uh, the one who will be chosen, that we all think will be chosen, right, isn't. Rather, the underdog is. The story goes like this. God became angry with Saul, rejected him as king over Israel, and it was time for a new king. And so Samuel, who was the prophet, uh, was led by God to choose the next king, and he went to the house of Jesse. Jesse had Samuel check out seven of his sons, and he had them all out there in their splendor, and Samuel looked at each one of them and said, is there anyone else? And he said, Jesse said, well, my youngest son is out there tending to the sheep, and so that was David, and David was chosen. As king, David was a strong military commander and statesman, Bernard Anderson said that he reorganized the Israelite army quickly. He dealt a death blow to Philistine power and established a dynasty that lasted more than 400 years. David conquered more and more lands. Second Samuel said, David became greater and greater for Yahweh, the God of hosts, was with him. Never before and never after the time of David did Israel have greater power than it did with David leading. He was not just a great military leader, but he was a, a strong ruler, and he organized Israel very well. He captured Jerusalem, and that became the city of David, the center of the political world. King David became ruler. They were no longer going to be ruled by judges or elders. He made the decisions, 
and the rulings. In addition to being a strong military and political leader, he was a strong, a strong spiritual leader. He established his thrones in the traditions and history of, of Israel, and he respected and revered Israel's sacred history. He rescued the Ark of the Covenant from oblivion, and in doing so, once he did, he performed a religious dance. And the Ark was placed at the tent in Jerusalem. The city of David was also known as Zion, the city of God. David brought the priests of Eli to Jerusalem, and he attached them to the royal court, and then the religious center of Israel was now Jerusalem as well. David wrote many of the psalms. Today we had a Psalter reading. Our call to worship came from a psalm. David wrote many of the psalms that we're familiar with, too. The 23rd psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The third psalm, you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the one whom lifts my head. Psalm 8. Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Psalm 18, the Lord is my rock and my fortress. This psalm was written earlier than the other three, after David was saved from Saul's wrath. And then Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The same, same words that Jesus said from the cross. King's, King David's reign was a time for Israel to come into its own. It was a time of prosperity and hope. It was a fulfillment of the promised land. And with all of this, he led as a shepherd. Today's scripture, the Lord said to you, it is you who shall be shepherd of my Israel, you who shall be ruler over all of Israel. David's life began as a shepherd Professor Margaret Feinberg tells us about the duties of a shepherd. She said, David's life began as a shepherd, and the duties of the shepherd in an enclosed country like Palestine were very onerous. In early morning, he led forth a flock from the fold, marching at its head to the spot where they were to be pastured. He watched them all day, taking care that none of the sheep strayed, and if any of uh, for a time, eluded his watch and wandered away from the rest. He sought diligently until he found that sheep and brought it back. In those lands, sheep uh, require to be supplied regularly with water, and the shepherd for this purpose has to guide them either to some running stream or to wells dug in the wilderness and furnished with troughs. At night, he brought the flock home to the fold, counting them as they passed under the rod at the door to assure himself that none were missing. Nor did his labors always end with sunset. Often he had to guard the fold through the dark hours from the attack of wild beasts or the wily attempts of the prowling thief. We think of shepherds as supporting characters in the nativity story as one of a few jobs that we can think of probably when we think of biblical times. Shepherds are found throughout the Bible, starting in the very beginning with Genesis. Adam and Eve's sons, Cable and Cain, <laughs> Cain and Abel, Cain killed Abel. Abel was a shepherd. An ending in Revelation where the king is referred to as a shepherd. People of biblical times knew what a shepherd did and they understood the job. They may have thought it a dirty and lowly job, 
but God wanted his chosen leaders to serve as a shepherd to God's people. Isn't that just like God? He wanted leaders to care for his people, to watch over them, to protect them. The shepherd had the heart of God. And David, with his history and his gift, was a shepherd to Israel, which is one more connection between Jesus and David. Remember, when Jesus was born, the shepherds were his first visitors. Jesus talked about the lost sheep and saw himself as a shepherd. Okay, I know I've geeked out a little bit on David this morning. But I think it's helpful to understand the background that connects the Messiah to David. It's meant to, be, to show prosperity and hope. That it's meant, uh, it meant that the people of Israel were cared for and that they, would, they mattered. Of course, Jesus wasn't what they expected the Messiah to be. He wasn't the mighty warrior or the noble statesman because that was what the people needed. wasn't what the people needed. God knew what they needed. And so God chose to become human, to show a new way of being in relationship with God, a new way of understanding God as present, as guiding, as protecting, as loving. As we prepare to start our Advent journey next Sunday... I wonder, for whom are you waiting? Are you letting Christ shepherd you? In whom are you putting your hope and trust? And how do you still need to be delivered? Perhaps over these next few weeks, you'll answer those questions as you come to understand a little more about the people of David and their connection to you. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.